0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Year two for Zaven Collins. What should our expectations be? What are his expectations? The good news is the second-year linebacker is putting in the work this offseason. First, though, just about every draft pick is signed. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 567, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki cardinals cover two is presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts going for hopkins one-handed catch and a touchdown deandre hopkins here's craig Grielu and mike jarecki
0: Can I tell you how much I love the lack of drama when it comes to draft picks signing their first professional contracts? Gone are the days of waiting and wondering come training camp, hey, is X first-round draft pick going to show up? MJ, those days are gone, and I, for one, I'm a big, big fan of the fact that contracts are now slotted when it comes to
1: rookies. In other words, not a single player should hold out. Now when you start talking about the top 10 and, and top 20 and, you know, is he an edge rusher? Or are they trying to pay him as an outside linebacker or defensive end? And th- So there's different uh, escalators in there to where if he makes a Pro Bowl, then all of a sudden, you know, his salary goes up. But when you get to the second to seventh round, it's pretty, it's pretty basic. Um, you know, as you said, the right word is slotted. Craig, I can't tell you how many times when I was doing radio that the Cardinals have – holdouts and i remember every time we would get them on the on the phone we'd ask who your agent is it's <laughs> you always know? important every draft draft night, yes. night. Yes. like who's your agent and then you know condon uh, you know uh, lee steinberg uh, roosevelt Barnes, eugene parker so anyways so lee steinberg it was maybe eight o'clock at night they finally came to a deal with leonard davis and then we go up there and and then and there's been L.J. Shelton held out. <clears throat> Some um, Johnny McWilliams held out. And a lot of times uh, their agents would say, we're not going to work out in the rookie minicamp because what if my player gets hurt? So they then they had to come up with a waiver. Now, the last uh, bonus baby was um, uh, Sam Bradford. He got $50 million. And- yeah, that was – you're giving the number one overall pick – upwards of
0: $50 million with just a signature before even stepping foot
1: in the building or on the football field. And then fast forward to the next guy, Cam Newton, got $25 million. So I love... It just makes it so much easier because
0: back in the day it was like, well, you got to wait until the guy behind you yes. and the guy before you so you can make sure you were making more than the guy who was picked behind you but maybe less than the guy that was picked ahead of you.
1: That, that is a great point because it's just- that's that's what we're waiting for. the ne- and, and it usually comes down to position. Like this corner got this and we were p- picked five uh, uh, s- selections above him. Yeah, you're exactly right. But everything's slotted now. Again, if anybody holds out, then they may probably uh, need to get a new job.
0: Now, why are we talking about this here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Four more draft picks have signed. Tight end Trey McBride, linebacker MyJay Sanders, cornerback Christian Matthew, and offensive lineman Marquise Hayes. All getting the standard four-year contracts, whether you're a first-round pick, sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick. So now you've got seven of eight of the Cardinals draft picks have put pen to paper. Still need to sign third-round pick Cameron Thomas, and it's just a matter of time. Heck, by the time, Bird Gang, you listen to this episode, maybe he has already signed his contract, or it comes in the coming days or next week when OTAs begin. Bottom line, it gets done, and you can just relax. I'm sure from the team standpoint, but from the player's standpoint as well, you get that contract done, the sooner it gets done, the sooner it's out of your head and you can concentrate on X's and O's getting on the football field and proving you belong to be able to be active and on the field week one.
1: And right now when it comes to Cameron Thomas, he's, he's dealing with a hamstring injury, which the team was aware of um, the main thing is he's here. He's in meetings. He's He's been actually rehabbing on the side. And, he, Craig, he's a guy that can play defensive lineman and outside linebackers, so now you get into that. Um, but it's going to get done, and they're really excited about him because of all the draft picks, you know, besides, uh, you know, McBride and possibly some of the um, edge rushers, he's a guy that's going to be active on game day. He's going to be part of that rotation, whether he's playing with his hand in the dirt or rushing the passer, or chasing down the quarterback. And it's
0: odd that you focus on a third-round pick, but because of the absence of Chandler Jones and not having a first-round selection, and nothing against Trey McBride, but we, we do get to watch practice, whether it's OTAs, mini camp, training camp, I'm going to be focused a lot on those two picks, two outside linebackers in Thomas and Sanders. Can they realistically make an impact and make an early impact those first handful of games not have to wait until after Thanksgiving when rookies are no longer rookies and that's kind of when they get their feet underneath them and can really play no sorry (laughs) because you don't have number 55 i.e. Chandler Jones someone needs to step up and fill that role it can't just be Marcus Golden and a rotation now that's my what it eventually becomes, but I would like to see Cameron Thomas and or my Jay Sanders really take and elevate themselves and say, look, I can be that guy opposite Golden.
1: And I think that's the plan. Um, I, I think you're, you're accurate. Uh, Jesse Locato, we'll see what his role is. I think the offensive linemen, um, they're going to compete, you know, at the, at the guard spot, and we could see some cross-promotion or cross-training when it comes to um, Smith. Um, Working at center, obviously you want to have some position flexibility. But, you know, defensively, you you still got to look at Rashad Lawrence, uh, J.J. Watt, Zach Allen. And then you throw in Michael Dogby, and then you throw in Lucky Foe, too. And then you got to talk about uh, Kingsley Kiki. Kiki. Yeah, Kingsley Kiki. You got to throw him in now. He's got a veteran guy. So, and then you got now – I. If you want to break it down, I think Kennard should be more of a first and second down linebacker. So you, they could start the season with Golden and Kinnard. I don't prefer a Kinnard to be on the field on third down. So that's where you can probably bring in possibly um, Dennis Gardeck, Victor Um I'm missing somebody. up Depending on if you want Isaiah Simmons to rush the passer. So I do think they're going to have some different – packages on third down, but if you want to set the edge, I think that's the strength of, of Kennard. And then you can also try to have Marcus Golden. Um, and, and, and Vance is going to you know, scheme it up. He can have a safety blitz. Um, you know, They can drop back into coverage. So, um, But I, I do think that the guys that you mentioned will probably have the most, besides McBride, probably the most snaps in that first month of the season. And we're, and we're talking possibly 17-20 to 20 because J.J. Watt you want to make sure he's fresh in the fourth quarter in this season. Zach Allen's young enough to play. Um, Rashard Lawrence just has to stay healthy. Uh, they're looking for Lucky to take another step here. So, you know, again, they got to put the work in. But I do think things are settling down on the least the defensive line now. We paid so much attention
0: to who starts, but it's more about snap counts and when those snap counts are occurring. Devon Kennard, really good against the run, first and second down although maybe Vance Joseph changes things depending on where the drive begins, and all of a sudden it is Marcus Golden and Cameron Thomas or Isaiah Simmons rushing the quarterback or trying to get into the backfield. That cat-and-mouse game between defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator is going to be fascinating. And if you are Vance Joseph, you're going to have to mix it up to keep the offense guessing and on their toes and not just because you don't have that prototypical outside edge rusher that you're going to have for all three downs, at least not yet. At least I don't believe so.
1: And
0: then all of a sudden it becomes, all right, we're just going to try different things and
1: keep going to those things, even if it doesn't work the first time. Craig, I have not even mentioned two other guys. Nick Vigil, I I, I got to think he could be part of the three linebackers. Um, I know he's listed as an inside linebacker. And the Cardinals signed Jesse Lemonyne. Those two guys, now he's undersized, but th- I think the feeling is – he can rush the passer on third down.
0: I'll, I'll I'll believe it when I see it. When it comes to Lemonier, who they claimed off waivers, he had been released by the Lions. But six-two, two forty—that that is the purest definition of undersized when you talk about outside linebacker.
1: No doubt, and he he you know he he had a really successful career in college, over twenty sacks in two years. Um, he only had one and a half there, um, but again, to say you know I, kind of say it every year they're flooding the position and they'll find out and you know not all these guys are going to make it so I got to think vigil um and we could see a package with Thomas Gardner or D D uh McKagey. so it, and then you, you throw in you know vigil and and the other linebackers so it's interesting how they're going to but I do think they have different packages for different guys just to keep them fresh so they can survive the season 15 linebackers,
0: seven outside linebackers, eight inside linebackers. And based off my own personal depth chart, Bird Gang, I put Lemonyay as an inside linebacker just based off of his size. Now we'll see how he looks when they are on the football field. But Lemonyay, seven games with the Lions last season, 15 tackles, a sack and a half, began the year actually on the practice squad 25 years old, so the age is right there. Former undrafted free agent out of Liberty. So that is the second waiver claim that this team has made this offseason. The first, Rondell Carter, has since been released, but that is what you want out of your front office. That's what you want out of your general manager to look and, all right, players, what, 75 to 80, 80 to 90, that, all right, maybe we can get a little bit better at that spot whether it's a wide receiver or a cornerback or linebacker certain positions there is a pecking order and if you're number 8 if i can find someone who's better than you i'm going to sign you
1: well i got to think when you look at lemonade he he's probably going to be a special teams player yeah. if he's active on game day because that's that's the size you want down to go around and cover kicks and punts and we know that if you're not starting they're going to have a core of special teams players so um Again, I just think they're flooding the position. And really, you know, if I had to say going into maybe the OTAs next week, I, I anticipate Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, and Jeff Gladley to line up as the top three receivers. And then you have Buda Baker. Cornerbacks. Cornerbacks, sorry. And then Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. So, but I, I do think Gladley and be curious to see because is he play inside or outside? Is Murph inside? Because seems like they want Murph inside so you have Gladney who obviously is a physical guy um, just based on the highlights I've seen it was a small sample he does have good uh, uh, leverage at the line of scrimmage and then Marco Wilson clearly is going to have to be an outside guy so I'm I'm interested to see how they line up and it, they could be interchangeable yes. and then you you know you throw in possibly you know Antonio Hamilton um, obviously they they drafted a tall corner he's probably more of a project in uh, Matthew so yeah but I I, I think if if they, if they had a lineup right now those would be the three top cornerbacks on the roster
0: now in order to get Lemonier on the roster they had to open up a roster spots and defensive lineman LaRon Stokes one of the team's undrafted signees has been released and you're talking about we spent I don't know, Not I wouldn't say a lot of time, but we did spend time looking at those 12 undrafted rookie free agents here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And we did focus on the defensive line, LaRon Stokes, Manny Jones, Will Miles. Well, here we are at the end of May, ready to start OTAs, and the only player still on the roster, and we're talking within days, is Manny Jones. Out of Colorado State, former teammates uh, Trey McBride, 6'4", 290. So he becomes what is now a nine-man room at the defensive line position. And whether Jones is inside or outside, um, still left to be determined. But you talk about how you get here, doesn't matter. Even if you are signed as an undrafted free agent, maybe we find someone better as a trial player, which we'll get to in a minute. Or you claim someone, so... <laughs> <laughs> you might not be here very long or this could be the starts of a beautiful friendship if you will and a lasting career with the Arizona Cardinals
1: yeah the, the cardinals cut miles quickly um i think it, just based on them bringing in another uh, defensive lineman um and then when you when you signed six tryout guys uh, i i i know they like stokes but again when you start talking about the 89th 90th guy and now you trade him in for either a, a veteran linebacker that's 25 or you go out and you get uh, uh, Kiki um, from that standpoint. Um, so it's just a numbers game. But uh, Manny Jones probably had the best uh, upside, and that's the reason why he's still here.
0: And maybe performed the best during the three-day rookie mini camp. I mean, that's the first look for the Cardinals scouting department and front office to see these players, and if you don't have it, I mean, there is a belief that among players, if you ask a a fellow player, they can tell right away whether you have it or not, whether it's how you carry yourself, how you participate in drills, or how you put forth the work and the effort, so... Again, don't know anything, but Manny Jones, who did play inside on the defensive line the past two seasons, uh, again, 6'4", 290, so he does have some decent size. And, and who knows, maybe by this time next week, none of these guys are here. That's just the nature of the beast.
1: I would agree. Um, but you know, I, I think the Cardinals, you know, clearly if there's a guy out there available or a veteran guy they've been talking to, then, but I think they want to find out what they have. They've um, obviously invested in this draft class. They've invested, you know, with these tryout guys to give them an opportunity. And I'm I'm intrigued with some of those tryout guys. They they could be more practice squad guys. But hey, um, you know, you, you got to find some diamonds in the rough, so to speak. And hopefully these guys can perform and you know and get a roster spot, whether it's on the practice squad or not. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting. Just you know how how much this rookie class can contribute because I I think the guys you mentioned, they're going to be active. And I do think, uh, Keontae, um, Ingram Ingram. Thank you. He, I, I I think he's going to move up that depth chart. I really do, but he's got to earn it first.
0: All right. You mentioned the trial players. Let's discuss that here before we get to our main topic of Zayvon Collins here on Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. There were 33 tryout players in this past weekend. Six. <laughs> Count them, six were signed. So props to those six, and we'll get into all six, but that is a big step for those six because you did not hear your name called during the three-day draft. You didn't get that phone call to be added as an undrafted free agent. You actually had to... I don't know, maybe there's a story for some of these guys on how they actually got invited. But, hey, let's see what you got. It's a tryout, no guarantee, but six signed, including two wide receivers, Christian Blake and Jared Smart. Blake, uh, among a handful of tryout players who actually had some experience, he spent the past four seasons with the Falcons the first year he was on the practice squad, but 41 games, including three starts, Six-one, 181, a tall wide receiver, which I like, but probably more of a special teams type player, with respects to someone with a little of experience in the National Football League.
1: Yeah, I think the Cardinals were intrigued to bring in. A, I think they brought in four wide receivers, and they decided to sign two. And you know, you start looking at the depth chart. You, you, you know, they like Greg Dorich. Um, obviously, you have Antoine Wesley. Um, you have Bocelli, uh Andy Isabella is still on the roster, but this guy's got some size and. He clearly stood out, um, and I, I'm glad you mentioned his size, 6'1", 181. Um, he's 25 years old. He's appeared in 32 games in the past two seasons with the Falcons, and I think you hit it right in the head probably more as a special teams player.
0: Ran a 4'5", 140 at his pro day at Northern Illinois, but you know, looking for another opportunity, a second chance, if you will. So Christian Blake now in that wide receiver room, as is Jared Smart. 5'11", 189, played at Hawaii, and I actually have a bone to pick with General Manager Steve Keim and the entire Cardinals front office with respects to this signing. Tongue-in-cheek, Bird Gang. It's okay. Tongue-in-cheek. I'm not a fan of Jared Smart. In fact, I'm not a fan specifically of Jared <laughs> Smart's father. I actually ran into Quentin Harris of the Cardinals front office and actually questioned him why he would sign Jared Smart, son of Keith Smart, former NBA player and coach, more known, and for me, unfortunately, for hitting the game-winning shot in the 1987 NCAA championship game against that's Syracuse. Right, my alma mater, Syracuse. So, not a fan, specifically of Keith Smart. It's unfortunate that his son, again, ton, tongue-in-cheek here, Birkin, it, it's okay, but I'll say this. I wish Jared Smart a lot of luck. And if I do get a chance to introduce myself to him, I will do exactly what I did when the Suns, back in my previous life, MJ, signed Tony Delk, who knocked off Syracuse in the final four and excuse me, in the championship game, my senior year, Kentucky over Syracuse. Tony Delk beat Syracuse. And when the Suns signed Tony Delk, I went up, introduced myself, and said, You know what, I'm just I'm just not a fan. <laughs> And he gave me this weird look. I was like, yeah, Syracuse class of 96. He smiled, laughed, and we became fast friends. So, look, it's there's a passion when it comes to your alma mater. And when I, one, found out that Jared Smart was the son of Keith Smart, I was like, okay, that's nice. And then they sign him. And, of course, that note is part of his bio, which was done deliberately because of me. <laughs>
1: You, yeah. sure, you sure you want to pick these scabs? <laughs> I know. It's all in good taste hey, here on Cardinals Cover Hey, too. Quentin Harris signed off on it or had some uh, input, he, Syracuse guy. You know what his quote to me was? I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about the player. He's played in 36 games in the past three seasons. He was at Hawaii. He had a four, 149 receptions, about 1,800 yards, eight touchdowns. Prior to Hawaii, he 20-year-old uh, smart Played two seasons at a small school in California, appeared in 19 games. Um, he looks fast. Looks like a guy that can, can run. Um, you know, he I just watched the gauntlet drill a little bit where you got to run and, and catch it. He Look fine there. Uh, look fluid. Um, and obviously, maybe he's taking the genes from his father. There you go. Hey, if
0: he can be uh, as clutch as Father Keysmart was, then – Jared Smart can be one of those guys that perhaps again, it's it's a tough road for any of these players, whether you're a drafted, undrafted free agent, or a triad guy, but you get yourself on a ninety man roster, you do everything in your power to maintain that spot, whether it's for smart, a wide receiver, more likely on special teams, but try to work your way up. And then again, doesn't work out here. There are thirty one other teams out there, and you know, front offices talk.
1: Well, I mean, it, it's going to be curious to see. You know, it, with Rondell Moore probably getting more reps replacing Christian Kirk, or is that going to be Hollywood Brown? The Cardinals are looking for a punt returner, um, and then you know, we'll see about the kick returner. Uh, maybe if if he knows not playing on teams, he's going to be inactive, and maybe you can go with Keontae Ingram. Um, because he's going to play on teams, and he if he gets that ball in his hand, he's got a chance. And then there's this young man, Ronnie Rivers. His father played for the Lions. He looks like Dave Meggett out there. <laughs> he is small, but boy is he quick. And he, I, he was catching a ball in the sun. I was very impressed with him. So, um, again, um, the Cardinals, aren't. they want to add more depth to that wide receiver position, and you take flyers on these guys. And we know during the season, you know, Injuries, suspensions, um, and maybe it's more stash them, let them develop, and then all of a sudden you don't have to go out and spend big money on a wide receiver if Hopkins is not on the roster in the next couple of years.
0: So with Blake and Smart, 12 receivers on the roster. There are four other players signed. You get something?
1: Yeah, I mean Blake. To me, he he looked fast. Now, I guess he ran a four-five-one, but he can really run a four-four-five. He looked quick. Wow. And he was catching everything. I mean, um, we're going to get into the quarterback, but he was catching everything. And and I saw the scout talk to him, so that always tells me that hey, at the end of the weekend, we want to keep you here. And so and he's going to get go good coaching from Sean Jefferson. So I'm I w- he's the first guy that stood out to me when I watched him run routes. And of course, obviously, when we get
0: that list of uh, who's invited during the three-day rookie minicamp, it's all right tryout players and all of a sudden there's you know a couple that actually do have experience. Not a lot of experience, but do have experience and you're like, okay, so there's a reason you're here, looking for a second opportunity, but you've been in this league. And for Blake, he's been in the league for four seasons. That first year was on the practice squad, but he does have NFL experience.
1: Yeah, and he looks the part. He he, he was wearing number 33, Craig. I mean, six-one, you know, 181 pounds, he to him, but he was the first guy that, you know I was like, "Who's that?" And when we get to the quarterback, I'm like, "Who's that?" Because you when you have two quarterbacks that are on tryouts, um, you could see one of his has a strong arm and the other one you could see is his throwing darts. And so I was thoroughly impressed. and again, could be a four string guy. Could he push Trace McSorley? more of a practice squad guy, but he also has a similar skill set, and we'll get into his name with uh, as Kyler Murray. Well, this team I think was
0: always looking to add a fourth quarterback because with ninety players two practice fields, you need you need bodies to throw the football. You can't just rely on Mike Bercovici all the time.
1: <laughs> uh, so, getting, They do have a new. Uh, he's on the. Uh, he's part of the Bill Bidwell Fellowship Program. Yes, and he's a former quarterback, Connor Snediger. I believe there is you the, go. Uh, yeah, he Connor can, S- he can sling it. He can sling it too.
0: So the quarterback that they signed out of Washington State, six three two nineteen, 2'19", Jarrett Garantano, who actually last season only played in two games because of a knee injury but transferred from Tennessee where he was four years previously before trying to uh, make some noise at Washington State. didn't happen, but obviously showed up this past weekend. And at 6'3", 2'19", I think, believe, as I check my notes here, I think he might be the tallest
1: quarterback in that room. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he is. Now, if you look at it, and I'm glad you mentioned uh, only two games at, at Washington State, but as a member of the Vols, 24 year old, he appeared in 41 games, 32 starts. Uh, he threw for about 6,000 yards, 38 touchdowns while running for five. He had 13 multi-TD games and threw for 300 times in his career. He's got a strong arm. Now it's a matter of just learning the offense, um, you're, you're gonna we're going to get a chance to see him in the preseason. I can guarantee that. And maybe there's competition uh, for that third spot. Trace McSorley does have experience. But if I uh, just put the two next to each other, I think um, this young man has more upside. And, again, I think when the Cardinals face um, some of these teams with mobile quarterbacks, he can run the scout team. Usually it's, it's Colt McCoy, but sometimes you – like if you're playing a mobile quarterback – he can emulate that in practice. Yeah, it's
0: that scout team quarterback, Trace McSorley, six feet, 202, McCoy, 6'1", 2'12". So, yeah, Garantano, certainly the biggest quarterback on the roster with a big arm. So he becomes that fourth quarterback when you look at the depth chart. Three other players added, running back T.J. Pledger, who played last season at Utah, offensive lineman Greg Long, and safety Tay Daly. So those are the six tryout players. Pledger, by the way, before playing at Utah last season at Oklahoma, teammates with Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown.
1: Yeah, I mean, this guy was productive when he went to Utah. He posted career highs in rushing attempts, rushing yards. He was averaging 6.7 yards per carry. Wow. He had 10 uh, uh, rushing touchdowns, uh, 10, uh, 10 receptions. Yeah, I mean, he 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 helped uh, Utah win their first ever Pac-12 championship game in, in, in the Rose Bowl.
0: Long out of Purdue, honorable mention, all Big Ten selection. A tackle out of Purdue, not exactly sure where he'll fit with this offensive line or where they'll start him, but six-three, three-zero-four.
1: Yeah, he's 24 years old. He appeared in 19 games at tackle while playing at UTEP, um, but he also played at Purdue. He helped the Boilermakers average 390 yards per game. Uh, when it came to running the football. So um, I was told they liked him. Um, I liked the size. um, The fact that he, you know, the past two seasons he was at Purdue, which, you know, when you look at the Big Ten, um, we talk about Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa. Purdue is starting to put players in the NFL, and I think the last one would be a guy like Rondell Moore. Some
0: information on daily, 5'11", 201, a little smaller of a safety, but started 13 games at Virginia Tech last season, and now that safety room with seven players, obviously Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, you know about them. But I'll be honest, I mean, outside of that, when you look at the safety position, Deontay Thompson, his inability to stay healthy, Charles Washington's more of a special teams player, James Wiggins. Don't really know much about him. Last season, much of it on injured reserve. You got Javon Hagen and now Tay Daly. So, who knows? As we heard Cliff Kingsbury say on Friday going into the weekend of rookie minicamp, you're looking to find a diamond in the rough, if you will. And maybe one of these six players, including Daly, could be that diamond in the rough.
1: Yeah, I like his size, 5'11", 201. He played in 13 games, 10 starts last year with uh, Virginia Tech. He uh, collected 73 tackles, uh, a couple tackle for losses. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 to me, when you look at Wiggins, I think he's more of a special teams player. But if he's going to be active on game day, he would be a backup. I think they trust uh, Charles Washington. Uh, and again, a lot of these guys could slide to the practice squad. And obviously, you got to clear waivers, um, but I would think that you know when after the Cardinals get their cut down that following day, you'll start to see some of these faces. And I still think it's going to be 14 to 16 member practice squad. Obviously, that was wounded during the pandemic, and it's really, you know, I think you can add three or four guys that really have played in the league for a while. So, you know, we'll see. I just want to see these guys get a chance to play in camp, and then obviously the preseason. Um, so then you can kind of evaluate them. And, and it's going to be really beneficial when they go play and the, uh, the, uh, have the uh, joint practice with the uh, Titans where these guys are now going to face a different uh, opponent. And you can see if they made strides from now until the, the preseason.
0: So some of the, some of the uh, new faces, if you will, on the Arizona Cardinals 90-man roster. And if you want to get an in-depth look at what happened over draft weekend, if you haven't already caught it, Cardinals Flight Plan Episode 3, titled Cardinal Grade, is available on the team's official YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash azcardinals, focusing on all three days of the draft, obviously highlighted by the trade for Marquise Brown. And then all the phone calls and reactions from the draft picks inside the draft room By the draft prospects, as well as their conversations with the media, and then obviously getting here to the facility for the first time. That's all on episode three of Cardinals Flight Plan. It is Cardinals Cover Two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's get into what we think might be a topic that gets discussed a lot on the defensive side and it's really no fault of his own except for where he was drafted and what was said on draft night, and that is Zayvon Collins. He spoke with Darren Urban on May 9th, or a story was posted on azcardinals.com earlier this month. Haven't had a chance to really react to it, but Zayvon Collins did not see him a lot last season on defense, and when we did, especially late in the season, it was mostly as an outside linebacker. So he had an up-and-down rookie season, And this is after General Manager Steve Keim, on flight plan last season, looked in the camera on draft night and said, day one starter. Well, he did start five of the first seven games, but only once after that. On his rookie season, Collins, quote, there were a lot of ups and downs trying to understand how everything works and stay level-headed. It was hard, but it was something you pushed through, end quote. You understand where you were at. Now you have to understand where you're going. And I think Collins understands that, not that he was humbled last season, but perhaps given too much or expected too much, the team did out of him, and he just wasn't quite Ready, but he did get some time on the football field, whether it was on defense and a lot more on special teams.
1: Yeah, I, I just think you know, uh, we saw the development from Isaiah Simmons to one first year to second year, and obviously, you know, he struggled in the second half of the season. I mean, they were taking him off the field, and you, you don't want to do that with a guy with uh, that much skill set. You know, he, he obviously got beat out by Jordan Hicks, um, and, and, and again, you know, obviously, Steve made that comment, um, but at the end of the day. Uh, his job is to get the players for the coaches. The coaches should decide who's starting, and I think that's eventually how it worked out. Everyone clearly uh, looks back at it and say, you know, let them earn it. I get it, and they're right. Now, to me, um, he was swimming last year. Um, not no no disrespect playing at Tulsa. Uh, it's a little bit different, and you know he's got he's got the athleticism. I don't know how physical he is but I know that he's, he, he's a three down linebacker. He can go from a sideline to sideline. He's a good open field tackler. Um, he's going to have to learn how to shed blocks. Um, but this is a big, this is a big uh, year for him. I mean, he, he, we talked about, you know, two trees in the middle. Um, they moved on from Jordan Hicks. Uh, he handled it with class. You know, you look at Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis, you look at Levante David and, um, you know, um, uh, Devin White in Tampa. You could go back to New England with Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis. That's what they're hoping for. Um, it's going to take time. But I think based on him going through what he did, and he, he knows, and they told him, hey, listen, we're going to take it one day at a time here. Um, now now it becomes, Craig, who's wearing the green sticker? Is, is that going to be him? I, I don't know about Isaiah. I mean, is that going to be Nick Vigil? I don't know. But whoever's, because you got to be on the field, and you got to make, you got to make sure guys are lined up. But I do think just having an entire offseason, um, you know, obviously he's got the coaches in his corner. Now it's just going out there and just playing. Like, don't. It's easier for me to say because you don't want to make a mistake, and you got to look to over. And they're going to replace me with somebody because they're trying to win games. Why they develop me? just play free like he's got this he's got the physical attributes he would have been a first round pick if the cardinals took him or not true
0: and that's what you have to understand that if it wasn't the cardinals at 16 it would have been someone at 17 18 19 he would not have lasted into the 20s based off what we've been reading and hearing as far as what other teams were looking at because it's hard regardless of where he played 64 260 the ability to go sideline to sideline backpedal and then rush which we did see a little bit late last season as far as trying to get into the backfield everything that you picture a inside linebacker to be is Zayvon Collins now it's okay what separated him from a Jordan Hicks it's experience instincts watching film Knowing how to be a professional as far as anticipating sometimes what happens as opposed to reacting because if you're reacting now all of a sudden it's you're a step behind a half step behind you have to after watching film and understanding this game your opponent where to be where you're best needed at a certain spot so and this is why we talk about a huge offseason for Zayvon Collins because now you have that opportunity to really kind of dial it back. You're not going 100 miles an hour. You can take the time to work on things. And that's what Collins mentioned to Darren Urban. Again, story up on azcardinals.com. Quote, we're not in a hurry right now, but not laid back either. Coach Vance Joseph says it's time to work on things and have fun with things because you're not crunched for time. You're here to learn and have fun doing it. Anything that presents a problem to us, we just speak up about it, and we have all the time in the world to get it figured out. We have two days to figure out something, as opposed to 20 minutes in the season. So it's—I don't really have a great comparison, but they're taking a very methodical approach when it comes to getting Zayvon Collins up to speed. Here's what works here's what doesn't work, here's where we need you to be good at, here's where you are good at, how do we take you to that next step? And when you have OTAs, when you're in Phase 2 with the ability to work with coaches and then your teammates, now all of a sudden you don't feel like you're rushed because in season, yeah, there's adjustments made, but a Jordan Hicks who has several years of experience – can make those adjustments a lot quicker than someone who's coming brand new from the college game.
1: Yeah. The good news is he's been here over a year. He knows this, the system. And it's not like you're asking him to change positions because that, be, that would be more of a, um, you know, a growth thing. So I like the fact that he knows the scheme. Now he's just kind of – and it's easy for me to say, like I said, they don't want to make a mistake. Um but if he can just get more confident and he's comfortable getting guys lined up, just play football. That's what he does. He's he's very athletic. I mean, he, he, he's easy. And one thing that he also has to do is when he gets it engaged with a tackle or he's got to shed a block, You, I want to see his arms come out and extend it versus a guy getting in his chest and all of a sudden it's hard to, to shed that block. So I – I'm sure coaches see that on film, but I want to see him use his arms more to extend him and be able to take the guy's shoulder and just throw him to the ground, shut a block, where if the guy gets inside him, now it's like a little wrestling match, and usually that guy's going to be a little bit bigger, and you're he's coming at you and you're going backwards, probably not going to win that matchup.
0: And that's where you work on that right now here in May June and hopefully he'll do a little bit on his own in July before training camp but I wouldn't say it's a fresh start for Zayvon Collins but it is a a a new a, a different start if you will because he doesn't have Jordan Hicks not looking over his shoulder there was no issues between the two but if Jordan Hicks is on this roster Jordan Hicks is playing just because he knows this defense not that he's more skillful than Zayvon Collins but you have a trust in Jordan Hicks to get the job done. That trust from – by or David Collins has to earn that trust of the coaching staff.
1: And, and I think he has that. I mean, he, he, he practices hard. It's just, you know, sometimes it's – he's thinking and there's mental layers. And, and you know, everything's uh, on film. They film everything. Um, so they can go back and – but I, like I said, I, I don't know if it's hitting the reboot button or reset button. Um, but they're counting on him, and he's going to be a big part of this defense if they want to be successful.
0: And make no mistake about it, Bird Gang, both General Manager Steve Keim, Head Coach Cliff Kingsbury at the annual league meeting, at the scouting combine, both asked about Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Neither one has lost confidence in either, despite, and I'll say, certainly Isaiah Simmons I think has taken that next step last season in his second year now you're hoping that it repeats history repeats here with zayvon collins he takes that next step and then by the time year three year four rolls around then we do have those two beautiful trees that we were told on draft night when you have a pair of six four inside linebackers that just makes things a lot easier for the rest of the defense
1: well i mean that's a good comparison i mean because it takes time for trees to grow (laughs) now they're not going to get any taller but they're going to get more knowledge and more experience, and that is where your attributes and your skill set will make you a better football player. And it will also help those
0: two if they don't have to do as much, meaning there's action in front of them. The defensive line is doing what they're supposed to do and not letting guys break free to where all of a sudden Zayvon Collins or Isaiah Simmons has to do more work.
1: Well, we saw it in in, – Simmons' first year against San Francisco, The one I think maybe it was the first play of the game. He's on the field, and Kyle Shanahan went at him. Um, I got to think, if, if you're Andy Reid, and they're going to get tested in the first – they're going to get tested all year. Yes. But you look at those first three games, Josh McDaniels, uh, Cliff, it was very accommodating about just him being a play caller. Um, they added Devontae Adams. They added Chandler Jones. I mean, and then you throw in the Chiefs. Um, the Andy Reid's going to test our inside linebackers, and then we know the Rams—they I mean, feel like that's a matchup they can exploit. Uh, but it all starts with the front, with the front three or four. I mean, if they can somehow stop the run and allow these linebackers to shoot the gaps, it sounds like a cliche, and make the, the tackle at the line of scrimmage—if not a, a one-yard gain—don't
0: be chasing the ball carrier.
1: Well, I mean, in 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 in, for, in fairness to Jordan Hicks, I mean, he had a ton of tackles; he played a ton. And it wasn't his uh, on his um, watch, but he was making tackles five or six yards down the line of scrimmage.
0: Because other guys weren't doing their they were, job.
1: They were getting beat at the point of attack, and that's got to change. But these guys are going to get tested, and they're young and athletic, and you know, you can have sub-packages to bring in some of your pass rushers or guys that you want to match up, but i got to assume these guys are going to play a lot. Um, maybe not every snap, and, and maybe there will be packages for uh, Nick Vigil – because um, he has experience. He can do a little bit of both. Uh, but I think that's going to be the three man rotation in there um, when you look at the inside linebackers. And then you still have Izek Turner, Tanner Vallejo, and those, the, Joe you know, Walker. Joe Walker. And those guys are more special teams backups.
0: Would you be okay? We always talk about when it comes to preseason games and the Cardinals this preseason at the Bengals, home to the Ravens, at the Titans, and that's also joint practices with the Tennessee Titans. But preseason and have completely changed as far as obviously preseason doesn't matter when it comes to Kyle Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and a handful of players out there. But Zayvon Collins, who did flash in the preseason last season, Kyle Vandenbosch earlier this week on the Red Sea Report, brought that up we did see that athleticism we did see him in the right spot a handful of times and make plays in the preseason this preseason when Zayvon Collins is expected to be that inside linebacker maybe he's calling the defense maybe it's Nick Vigil but we need to see Zayvon Collins get get reps whether that's practice reps or game reps but more game reps because in order to get better you need to play so now the conundrum is how much do you play as Zayvon Collins in the preseason when you need him in the regular season, but in order for him to be ready in the regular season,
1: he needs those reps to get ready? Well, I mean, there's certain guys that I'm not going to play in the preseason, um, but he he needs reps. Uh, maybe you play him in the first half, the first couple, and then you got to find out what you have with these young linebackers, um, pass rushers. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely think he should play. Now, Isaiah – He's a little bit more advanced, um, but it's a way to get, you know, the other guys on the field. But I I do think, you know, a couple quarters, um, you know, if a team goes on a three and out, maybe give them three possessions, but I do think it's imperative. Guys like Buda Baker, I don't need to see him out there. You know, Kyler Murray, I don't need to see him. J.J. Watt, I don't need to see him out there. Um, you know, I think Zach Allen and, and these other young guys, Rashad Lawrence and, and Lucky, they gotta, they gotta be, they gotta play in the preseason.
0: And then the question is, all right, if they are are playing in the preseason, who are they playing against? Yes, the Bengals, Joe Burrow. Yes, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Sure, great.
1: But is Joe Burrow playing? <laughs> is Lamar Jackson playing? No, but it's just, it's just. But you're going against a different opponent. I mean, they're, they're not game planning, but it's more about. We're going to line up, and I want you guys to win your one-on-one matchups because you know Cliff's not going to show anything in the preseason. And then with the the, the 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 only thing is you just you can't afford any injuries, and they happen. I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's the, you know we can put guys in bubble, but when the season starts, I mean, this is a physical sport. But I do think when you look at probably the top twenty players on this roster. You know, then you look from 21 to 53, like those are the guys that have to develop if this team is going to make a run.
0: And it's a good point because in training camp, it's the same color jersey and you get used to what the offense is doing to where if there is a play in the backfield or interception, it looks great for the defense, but... Has that route been run? Has that run play been called like 15 times, and you're just like, oh, this is what they're doing, as opposed to now it's a different team, maybe not the quote-unquote pro bowlers, all pros, but all right, this is what Cincinnati is doing. Now go stop it, David Collins, regardless of who it is. If it's not Joe Burrow, if it's not their revamped offensive line, you still have to be able to make plays in the preseason, so I would like to see Zayvon Collins play maybe a little bit more than I would like because you're a starter, but just because he only played 20% of the defensive snaps last season. By comparison, Hicks was at 97 and Simmons 92.
1: Yeah, he, he needs to play Craig, and he'll get plenty of reps in training camp. I mean, he'll be he'll be the on the first eleven. He'll get reps, and and that that becomes like monotonous but it's it's important he'll get reps with the ones here and and the OTAs and the mandatory mini camp Um, but I do think he has to play in the preseason and and so does Isaiah to a certain extent if he's you know these guys got to hone on their skill set you have an expectation there is an expectation
0: when you are a first round draft pick and I'll give Zayvon Collins credit he knows that he told Darren quote you try not to look at it any athlete in the NFL would agree that the media or whoever says anything about you doesn't really apply the kind of pressure on you that you would yourself you expect a lot out of yourself that's a good thing and a bad thing your own mind can be very troublesome sometimes it's a roller coaster end quote we've heard Kyler Murray say that as well actually it was Kingsbury about Kyler Murray no one is going to put any more pressure on a player than the player themselves. Now, that's not every player, but it's good to hear Zayvon Collins has that. He understands when you're a first-round draft pick in the middle of the first round, there is an expectation. You should be on the field, not just contributing on third down as an outside edge rusher or on special teams. You were drafted for a reason. We need to see you on the football field. That's us talking. That's the fans talking. That's the front office talking. But Zayvon Collins has a voice in his own head that understands, hey, my name was called with the 16th overall pick by Roger Goodell. I can't be standing on the sideline watching someone else do what I was drafted to do.
1: Yeah, hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully the maturity kicks in. Uh, you know, he, he knows this is his profession. And let's be honest, if if you don't show any upside in the next couple of years, then I mean, you know, they're always going to look behind door number two and I don't want to get ahead of the uh, you know the cart before the horse, but I I think part of him his growth will be being mature, knowing that you know what the guy next to me has three kids and he he's trying to take food off my uh, trying to take food off his table. So at the end of the day, but I do think the maturity will, will help his growth being here for a year and then getting an entire offseason.
0: Well, that maturity has already shown. The fact that he is here has been here at least from what we've been able to garner on azcardinals.com as far as video packages photo galleries yes it's voluntary but if you want to be good be great you have to put in the work and not on your own somewhere but for a young player like Zayvon Collins here with your teammates and specifically with those position coaches. Yeah,
1: and you know, as they get further into the off-season workouts, I mean, they are lining up and going against 11 personnel, 12 personnel, so he's getting the calls. Now it has to become muscle memory where I I know what to do. I'm lining these guys up, but the fact that they'll show him cards eventually which you know, with the, when the game plan during the week, but you, you know, once they get further in the in the process here, he'll be he'll be asked to make the calls. And Kingsbury, we know that we'll you know, maybe we'll see more motion or not, but you know, usually the defense knows the plays after a while, but I just think muscle memory, he'll get a ton of reps and that will help him when he steps on the field, uh, to play an actual real game. Bird gang, quick programming notes. Cardinals cover
0: two presented by Hyundai Proud, partner of the Arizona Cardinals, continues with the start of OTAs. It will just continue minus myself. Vacation ahead, MJ. So Danny well deserved, Cerec, Craig. Well, our deserved. colleague Danny Sarek will be stepping in
1: and uh, talking all things. We'll chop it up. We'll have some observations. Uh, she'll be uh, doing the Red C- Red Sea report, and then we'll do a- another podcast uh, a little bit later in the week. But uh, she does a great job. She's been a great addition. Um, check her out on azcardinals.com. She she she's really good at interviewing players, and so I'm looking forward to doing the show with her. Uh, when you were out, I think maybe you had a uh, you couldn't talk. Yeah, oh yeah, that was lost my voice for a little while there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was so. a
0: struggle last season. A couple <laughs> periods during the year. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Things. And, hey, you know what? Life happens. What no, no. Listen, do? I, I. You sit next, or we we sit across from each other. I mean, I I can't tell you how bad my allergies were this year. I mean, I was like hacking, and I felt fine, and then I thought I had a head cold and. I don't know, but I'm glad we're all good to go. I'm well-rested, and I am looking forward to, um, you know, to see the veterans and rookies together on the field. I guess now when they're on the field, they're only wearing T-shirts, so um, the the coaching staff <laughs> has to figure out all the new guys and, and – I'm I'm sure it's based on what what their hair looks like and how tall they are, but right now they're just wearing T-shirts, and next week they'll put the uh, numbers on.
0: Should be a lot of fun. Make sure you pay attention to all of the work on azcardinals.com as now OTAs set to begin. That's everybody, all 90 players working together. No contact or anything like that, but a little bit more semblance of football here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center.